Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. American people are continuing to suffer under the failed far-left policies of Nancy Pelosi, House Democrats, and President Joe Biden. And they are feeling this and hurting in their wallets, their pocketbooks, and family budgets. Inflation is a tax on all Americans, and it has gone up every single month of Joe Biden's failed presidency. The average U.S. household now spends $175 more a month on food, fuel, and housing. That's over $2,000 a year. Right now, across America, we are hearing from our constituents about the skyrocketing gas prices that are up over 42%. Meats are up 12% at grocery stores. Eggs are up over 12%. Fresh fish and seafood are up over 10%. Electricity costs are up over 5%. This is Elise Stefanik, Congresswoman from New York. The Republicans in the House gathering, having their, their, their presser. Everything she just mentioned is going to be crushing for Democrats in 2022. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is so good to be with you. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. That is the number I had asked yesterday about what are the things that you're, you're having trouble finding at the supermarket. And it was an interesting mixed bag of, of, of things that were what I'm going to call junk food related. It was ice cream. It was diet soda. It was Mountain Dew. I was like, that's interesting that it wasn't a conversation, at least the people that had called in, wasn't a conversation of meat, eggs, milk, fish, etc. Wasn't those staples. But indeed, the staples are a, an absolutely massive problem. And that problem cuts far deeper than an R or D after the name. You know, you can have your ideological desires, but you also got to feed your kids. And if it's more expensive to feed your kids, you're going to note it. We did get a lot of calls about, like, chicken being short. I just We just didn't have time to get them out of the air. Food prices rose 4.6% since September of 2020. This according to the latest Consumer Price Index. Meat, poultry, fish, and eggs... Up 10.5%. So the number that Representative Stefanik used there was was $175 a month, $140 a month. Real dollars. That plays itself all the way around. And yet the Biden administration only sees these skyrocketing inflation numbers as, quote, high-class problems. These are problems that every American family is facing. And in addition to the skyrocketing inflation, the country is now facing an unprecedented supply chain crisis that we have not experienced since the Carter administration before. Now, this idea of it's high class, there was a, uh, a, a economist who said, oh, you're complaining about impl- inflation, that's just, that's basically rich people's problems. It's not rich people's problems. What in the world are you talking about? But there's a now this, this ongoing trend of this Biden administration missing the mark repeatedly, and this is where it gets into the failures of Jen Psaki. So I, I don't, I don't want to, I was going to do a whole thing about Jen Psaki, but i got to share this with you. This was Jen Psaki being asked about the supply chain just yesterday. Uh, as we and right now, what our focus is on is on the vote tomorrow. Republicans still have an opportunity to do the right thing to protect people's fundamental right to vote. 
Uh, so just a question on the timing uh, on the supply chain issue yeah. um, actions that the president has taken. It, it was clear in March of 2020 when COVID hit that, that the supply chains across the world had been disrupted, even as, as the sort of work to fight back against COVID proceeded. People, it was, it was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is it... The tragedy of the short, the treadmill that's delayed. Right, the treadmill, the problem. Why is she making fun of that? The tragedy of the treadmill? You're making fun of the shortages? So completely and totally tone deaf. Then there was the story in the Washington Post that said everybody's complaining about supply chain this and supply chain that, maybe what Americans need to do is lower their expectations. What nonsense! Would you say that if Trump were in office? Oh, your problem is you're expecting too much at the stores. You should lower your expectations. Nobody, nobody talks like that who's an American. Let me say it a little bit differently. To say lower your expectations is a completely and totally anti-American point of view. It is a very Bernie Sanders point of view. To say to Americans your expectations are too high, I swear to you, that is an impossible thought. Ask yourself, I don't care your age. Ask yourself, did your parents ever say to you, you know, in America, you can only go so far. Now, I would consider it horrific if that's what your parents said. If that's what anybody said. Lower your expectations should be the thing we absolutely decry as nonsense garbage in America. Do you have to lower your expectations because of your sex? No. Because of the color of your skin? No. Because of your religion? No. Because of your sexual orientation? No. Because of your status? No. Because of your zip code? No. Absolutely not. We should be opposed to that thinking. That thinking is evil. That thinking is destructive. That thinking provides no value. Absolutely, positively, none. And ask yourself what thinking you're giving your kids in your life or your friends or your family. What, do you, what thinking do you have in your life? But when the Democrats go down this road... They, they they lose America. I don't know if it was Trump who said this or, or, or people talking about Trump. Uh, it, certainly it's clear that the Democrats are no longer the party of the working class. The Democrats are the party of the elite. The, the, the Democrats are the party of the uh, faculty lounge at the local university. Oh, if you have a degree, you're a Democrat. You're not one of those, you know, uneducated Republicans. Math at the grocery store is simple. I have a food budget. Food has gone up by 10%. I now can afford this much less food. And people notice that. Democrats don't see that. If you, 
If you go back to Barack Obama, do, do you remember the conversation of arugula? The conversation with of arugula was the same thing as as uh, Mitt Romney saying, "I'll bet you ten thousand dollars." The problem with Mitt Romney making that bet when he was running for president, "I'll bet you ten thousand dollars." Who the who who bets ten thousand dollars? What are you, Michael Jordan, playing a game of cards with Charles Barkley? No one's betting $10,000. No one's got a spare ten dollars laying around. Unless you're Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley or Mitt Romney working with Bain Capital and destroying companies left and right while you leave your dog on the, on the roof of your car. No one bets $10,000. Barack Obama was complaining about the price of arugula. Uh, people buy lettuce. Now, don't get me wrong. I like arugula. A little peppery. has got great uses. Oh, fantastic. But if I'm talking about the price of food at a supermarket, I'm not talking about the price of arugula. It shows your level of disconnect from the rest of us. Well, in these multiple ways and multiple places, Joe Biden, his team, Jen Psaki, the rest, have showed how disconnected they are from the rest of us. Let's, let's be clear. The heartland knows what arugula is. And I have eaten in world-class restaurants throughout. In Nashville, in my beloved Indianapolis, in Chicago, world-class meals. And I am thankful for the incredible food scenes all across the the food scene in St. Louis. Are you kidding? Spectacular. Spectacular. Great stuff. Very often from people who can't afford to open places on the coasts and we're the beneficiaries because they don't want to deal with that nonsense anyway. They have this idea that somehow the Midwest doesn't understand what food is. Do you really think we're all going to Applebee's? Look, I like a good mozzarella stick as much as the next guy. But not as much as I like a good caprese salad. See, I'll take my mozzarella. I just like it in a different style. What? You make your own balsamic? Hot diggity, let's go. I like eating in a place where farm to table could actually well mean they have their own farm. That makes me happy. And sometimes the farm is outside the back door. That's great. That is farm to table. Count me in. We understand what arugula is, but it's not how you connect to people. You connect to people in the staples. Is there stuff on the shelves at an affordable price to make cookies for the kids? Chocolate. Flour, eggs, milk. Are they affordable? Where's the price of coffee right now? Coffee futures were up, were, were doubled. They were up a dollar. They were like at 92 cents, and now they're like a buck 90 something. Someone can correct me on that number. What happens when the coffee futures go even higher? You mean people will really spend $5 plus for just drip coffee at Starbucks? Yes. A and if you do, by the way, can I just, for the record, for the, I just want to make sure I get this out there. There's a place in hell for you. <laughs> Stop it. 
There's so much good coffee out there. Why are you doing that to yourself? I have been in the place just like you. It's a convention. It's something else. It's a Starbucks. It's right there. Boom. Done it. And I will tell you, I do Americanos from Starbucks. It's the only coffee I do from them. I think it's lovely. I think they do the Americano very, very well. $5? You need to talk to my wife, man. Not a chance. You need to talk to your wife. Maybe start with that. I tried. $5. It's a lot. I I agree. I don't drink coffee. I think she's nuts. And people do it twice a day. She doesn't... Three times a day. It's insane. I I, I think that you knew what you were marrying, and I don't want to hear about your problems. (laughs) I love you, Tony. Do you not realize what you're doing to your own budget there? But it comes a moment where the price is like, okay, I guess I guess we're getting the Keurig, or I guess we're making our own, or I guess we're doing this or doing that. that. That moment does come, and then the ripple effect there on Starbucks sales and those employees and everything else. The political left is completely disconnected from how we think. And the we is not people who may uh, all agree with me politically. There are Democrats who understand exactly what I'm saying and are like, yeah, they, they don't know how to speak the language. But as you're hearing from Representative Elise Stefanik, the Republicans understand that they don't know how to speak the language. And for the first time, I am hearing them capitalize on a reality that the left is completely out of touch that their base are elitist snobs and they don't care if they're in touch with uh, the the unwashed on the ground they'll just scream abortion and get the votes born just in time for the holiday season. This is Joe Biden's holiday gift to Americans. And make no mistake, this is a direct result of Joe Biden's failed leadership and his build backed bankrupt agenda. And yet, as the American people are suffering crisis after crisis, this week, House Democrats have returned to Washington in complete disarray with their eyes set on a tax and spend package totaling over $5 trillion. But it's important for the American people to know it is not just the top-line price tag of this bill. It's not the fact that it's just the largest tax and spending package in our nation's history. It is also the fact that this Democrats' reconciliation bill is riddled and chock full of far-left socialist policies that the American people do not support, including a Made in America tax that imposes $2.1 trillion in tax increases, propping up Green New Deal at the expense of small businesses, reducing our energy independence, and implementing a gas tax and a heat-your-home tax. Well, the heat-your-home tax is the cost of heating oil and, and heating gas. The idea of a mileage tax still exists out there being taxed per mile. The Republicans can use this, and they're not making any of it up. It's all fact. Democrats are disconnected and are only interested in their ideology, not in the individuals that they're supposed to represent. I'm Tony Katz. So the next time they tell you critical race theory isn't taught in the schools, share with them this, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. This was a school in Ohio, an intermediate school, and a sixth grade student recorded their teacher. 
I know that shouldn't happen, but I also know that teachers shouldn't be teaching critical race theory to students because, well, it's bigotry. It's bigotry. And in in Virginia, where they've got this governor's race going on, and all you have is Terry McAuliffe yelling and screaming about how no one teaches critical race theory. This is a racist dog whistle from Trump people like Glenn uh, Youngkin. Uh, Youngkin is the guy running against Terry McAuliffe for governor. Youngkin's the Republican. Right? And and he's like, look, we should teach all of history, the good, the great, the bad, and the ugly, but I'm going to get rid of critical race theory. On day one, which is the correct answer, because critical race theory is bigotry, and it teaches bigotry, and it teaches hate. Meanwhile, in this Ohio school, intermediate school, where they the superintendent tells people this is not being taught. Some people might call it racist. There's actually three categories. If you've read the book Stamped, you'll hear that there's three areas. There's anti-right, there's anti-racist, which is a person who works to end racism, an activist, someone who is active. And, and that's what I was trying to be. I was reading books, I was going to rallies, I was trying to be in that group. Then there's the opposite, which is someone who is racist, who discriminates against people of a certain group, and that sort of thing. But then there's some middle group. A middle group is what most people are. Most people um, don't actively work to end racism, and most people don't work to be in the racist group. So most people are in that middle group called an assimilationist. And a simulationist doesn't actively work to end it and doesn't work to be in the racist group. That is teaching what critical race theory is all about. Look at these groups, and you fit into one of these groups, and most people are this, and you see how they're racist, even though they don't think they're racist. It's That's, that's what it's teaching. So, and if you read the stamped book, there's one for young adults. The stamped book refers to Stamped from the Beginning, which is a book by Ibram Kendi, who created this whole anti-racism insanity, and it's a remix Stamped, Racism, Anti-Racism, and You. Not only teaching critical race theory and anti-racism, this bigotry, see you fit in one of these groups, but now pushing the literature that these kids should be reading. Anybody who tells you it's not happening is lying. And parents, keep fighting. You're right. Bigotry is wrong. Keep fighting. This is Tony Katz Today. Facebook is planning to rebrand the company with a new name. Um, okay. So there's a... The company's annual Connect conference is the end of October. And supposedly he's going to talk about it then, according to The Verge. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. 833-468-8669. 833. Uh, got Tony. So the brand would position... Um, Facebook as basically an app under a parent company because they have Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus, and, and, and other things. Just like Google turned Google into a company and created the larger corporation called Alphabet. 
which has Google and YouTube and whatever else it is that they have. I can't keep up. A rebrand is not anything I care about. What I care about is whether or not they are engaged in the idea of me being able to have my privacy. And how dare Zuckerberg tell me what I can discuss while putting $400 million into far-left causes. Sounds like he wants to be able to have his voice, but you shouldn't have your voice. That's what it sounds like. And every time he takes a punch, it's right. What I have thought about Zuckerberg, or what I found about Zuckerberg, at least on some things, he does at least seem to be responsive, as opposed to a Jack Dorsey of Twitter, who just doesn't care about anything. Now, Netflix is trying to figure out how to be responsive or not. Netflix has got two interesting things going on. The first is what's going on with Squid Game, which two-thirds of Netflix users have watched at least some part of. Have you watched it? I have not. Oh, dude, you have to. I, again, I have no desire for the dystopian. It's, 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 uh... I've seen this. I have seen, I will end up watching an episode. I know I will. It's entertaining. But I have seen, oh yeah, sure it is. People <laughs> people in such desperate needs for dollars that they'll put their lives on the line. You can't this is, take it that literally. But it is what it is. This is a retake, rehash of They Shoot Horses, Don't They? With Jane Fonda, which I was talking about on my morning show, uh, is a, a freak show of a movie from, was it from the 60s? From the, from the 70s. From the 70s. From the seventies, and uh, it that movie is is disturbing. Will make you physically ill at the end. Physically ill about kids who are poor who are trying to win a dance competition where you have to dance till you drop, and 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 what happens afterward? Oh, it's and then the rich kids are watching, and you know now you're just it's like dance for me, you know it's it, oh it's super creepy, super creepy. What's interesting about Squid Game is that two thirds of the Netflix audience watched it. But it hasn't brought in more subscribers. And that's pretty interesting. The company just added 70,000 users from the U.S. and Canada in the last quarter. That's it. 70,000. They gained 4.4 million overall. Growth isn't coming from the U.S. and Canada. Maybe we've just, we've got enough. We've got enough. And between the Hulu and the Amazon and the this, that, and the other, we're, 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 and Apple Plus, we're good. We're solid. But Netflix has bigger issues. And Netflix's bigger issue is, of course, the fact that they allowed Dave Chappelle to be a comic. And people are radically offended by this. Radically offended uh, by the idea that Dave Chappelle could say uh, that, you know, gender is a fact on Netflix. And transgender employees are, are uh, scheduling a, a walkout. They're going to they're gonna walk out in protest. Just stay out. You allow that nonsense content from Barack and Michelle Obama. Well, that's a reason not to watch Netflix anymore. Your problem is he told a joke? Your problem is that he, he disagrees with you? Well, he's saying that we don't exist. Well, I don't think that's what he's saying. 
That's not. He is, however, saying that men are not women and women are not men. And gender is a fact. Well, I'm 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 doing the paraphrase, producer Ari. Yeah, like I'm, I'm people, doing the paraphrase yeah. on that. People are taking it way too like I I heard the controversy and I watched it and I finished and I was like, what are people mad about? He makes fun of everybody. Exactly. He's, he's noticing things about everything. And what your response is, what the transgender response is, is that how dare you notice us? <sighs> Just accept and glorify. Don't say another word. That's their take. That is their argument. Their argument is if you do anything but accept and glorify, that's an act of violence. And my response to that, and, and I'm you know, you can quote me as it's ridiculous. He didn't insult like he accepted transgender people in the bit. It was just a joke he made. If you aren't fully accepting and exalting and putting on a pedestal, they decide that you're guilty. And by doing so, they keep people silent from saying anything. Like, I don't know, men are not women and women are not men, which is not even a violent thing to say. It's a rational thing to say. It's rational. I didn't say you couldn't live your life. I didn't say people should treat you rudely. I don't think anybody should be violent in any way, shape, or form. But don't ask me to play along. You live your life. I will live mine. Don't care about whether or not I exalt and glorify you. But if you ask me to, the answer is no. Because I have no plans of doing that. And I have no plans of somehow pretending that men are women and women are men. I saw a story about, um, oh, who's the guy from the Eternals who was in Silicon Valley? Oh, uh, Kumal... Uh, I know you're talking, the Indian guy, Kamal Nujai, I think his name is. Okay. Silicon Valley, which was on HBO, was a spectacular show. And even when TJ, whatever his name is, left, because he thought too big of himself, I thought that show was stupendous. Unreal. Made me laugh. It was amazing. You got me into that show. I loved it. Great show. Um, well, that guy, it was a... Uh, from the show in the in the Eternals now and in in the Eternals, which is a part of the Marvel world, man, he got buff. Yeah, he did. Jacked. Thick. It's insane. Like the body fat must be one and a half percent. It's nuts. Kumail Nanjani. Thank you. Is it Kumail? K U M A I L. Correct. And in a, in a story that I saw recently. He talked about the fact that working out so much and creating this body for the for the for the movie, he got so obsessed with body image, so obsessed, so obsessed. All he did was look at photos, look at photos of himself, look at photos of others, compare uh, that he said that he he got body dysmorphia. And it was written, I think I saw it on Yahoo News. I said body dysmorphia? Wait, is he making the argument that he has body dysmorphia? Body dysmorphia is when you don't see yourself properly. It has another name when you don't see your gender properly. It's called gender dysmorphia, which is a diagnosable condition that has been discussed for years. But if you were to tell somebody who's transgender that it's gender dysmorphia, they would tell you that that's a hate crime. Now, 
I can have actors talking about body dysmorphia, but we can't talk about gender dysmorphia? At that moment, I'm sorry, you lose me. That is much more you deciding what can be said about you versus conversations that can be had about a subject. And I will not uh, be, a, be a part of that. I, 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 won't, I won't condone such a thing. And certainly I will stand up to those who think they can do that. Being open and being honest is everything. Is everything we have. And then I came upon this audio from the Colbert Report. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not the Colbert Report. It's Stephen Colbert Show. It's the late show with Stephen Colbert, whatever it is. And he has on a guy who's known as Charlemagne the God. Now, Charlemagne the God is a radio host, and he does TV, and big, big following. And uh, he's, he's known, and maybe for, for you, as the guy Joe Biden said, if you don't know whether you're going to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. I always thought the more important line was when Joe Biden tried to end the conversation by saying, hey, thanks for having me, and Charlemagne didn't want it to end, and he said to Joe Biden, you can't end an interview with a black person. And I said, oh, oh, well, that's something. That is something. So he he's he's... Going on, uh, talking politics uh, there on, on, on Colbert, and he's talking about uh, what he thinks of the Democrats, and the Democrats are cowards. And, and well, listen. On the agenda is uh, what, what we're calling the cowardly donkeys, which is the cowardice of the Democratic Party. Mm. Yes, and if, if... What should they be doing that they're not? Well, I feel like, you know, if they don't stop being, you know, cowards, then I think that, you know, we're really, really looking at the death of democracy as we know it. Like, I mean, four simple things, you know... Four, four simple things the Biden administration could do to protect democracy. Number one, you got to protect voting rights, right? You got... You just simply got to... Uh, number two, you, you have to pr- protect, uh, pack the Supreme Court, right? Number three, you have to end the filibuster so you can govern, right? <laughs> and number four, you have to make an example out of the people who attempted a coup of this country on January 6th. I, I think they may do that. It just, it just, they may do that. It bugs me out that we treat January 6th like it was just a bunch of kids wilding in Miami for spring break. Like there was an attempted coup of this country. And it's like we just don't even talk about it enough. Like that should be the headline every night on every news network, every late night show, all the time. Well, thank goodness he's not in charge of programming. But let's, as we were discussing, we got to be able to discuss these things honestly. Let's take it back as we know Hold it. I mean, four simple things. Let's take it back to his four simple things. You know, four, four simple things the Biden administration could do to protect democracy. Number one, you got to protect voting rights, right? The idea that voting rights aren't protected is, is laughable. Unless, of course, you're talking about mail-in balloting. Because then, all right, you're on to something. This is this conversation about Texas and Georgia. This is all talking point. Show me where the voting rights are in question. Don't say things because they're just good blah, 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 blahs. Let's discuss what you mean. Because I think mail-in voting offers huge opportunities for fraud.
But what's what's what is the opposition or what is the problem with voting rights if you say you can't hand out bottles of water online? That's an affront to voting rights. I mean, we're dealing with reality. Are we dealing with your pretend things here, Charlemagne? You got. You just simply got to. Uh, number two, you you have to protect uh, pack the Supreme Court, right? You can't allow Republicans. You can't allow Republicans to be in charge. You can't allow them to have a say. You have to destroy them. You have to ruin them. You aren't allowed to allow the political right anywhere to have any thoughts. The only thought can be what we decide is a thought. Number three, you have to end the filibuster so you can govern, right? Okay, I, I repeat myself. The only thought is our thoughts. You don't get any thoughts. Only ones that matter are the ones we tell you to think. Why should the minority party have any, any type of say? Unless, of course, Democrats become the minority party, which Charlemagne I don't think has thought of yet. But neither here nor there. And then, of course, the big one. (laughs) And number four, you have to make an example out of the people who attempted a coup of this country on January 6th. No one attempted a coup of the country on January 6th. That just didn't happen. I don't like what happened, but it wasn't a coup, and you're just wrong. Someone going to tell me I'm not allowed to tell Charlemagne he's wrong? Is someone going to tell me I'm not allowed to say to somebody who is transgender, men are not women and women are not men? Of course I can. It is a factual statement. A coup of the country? Were they going after the launch codes? Did they try a takeover of the military? None of them were armed. What are you talking about? None of them were armed. How could you think for a second it was a coup? They had time to take selfies. What rational person thinks it was a coup? No rational person thinks this. But if you're somebody out there trying to get attention and get some people to applaud for you who have never thought about the issue, well, that's the way you do it. Now, is someone going to tell me I'm not allowed to say that? Someone going to tell me I'm not allowed to have that honest conversation? I'm not allowed to disagree with Charlemagne the God because of uh, what? I believe that he is wrong. And I believe I have proven it just with the data points. Just with the data points. Honest conversation is the only thing that matters. And Netflix is dealing with this right now. They're keeping the special up as they should. It's important. We let free speech be. We let people get upset or get bothered and sign up or, or, or discontinue service, and we move on. Free speech is far better than the speech these people want to allow us. They don't get to allow us. We decide. I'm Tony Katz.
So according to the rumor mill, and it is rumor mill, producer Ari, according to the rumor mill, Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, is debating leaving the Democratic Party and starting his own, declaring himself, not starting his own party, but declaring himself an American independent. Now, this comes from Mother Jones, which is a very far left news outlet. Comes from David Korn, a very far left guy. And wanting to disassociate with Manchin is something that works very well for Mother Jones's base. They hate him for not doing what they told him to do. He will never become a Republican. But could this happen? Uh... Now, if he decides not to caucus with the Democrats, that puts the Republicans in charge of the Senate. That's that's interesting. I'll follow up on it. I'm Tony Katz.